0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Today I have an update for you on the situation of the Fraternal Society of St. Peter, the FSSP, in Guadalajara, Mexico. As you'll recall, the FSSP had been functionally banned along with the traditional Latin Mass and sacraments in that diocese by decree from the bishop, who stated that he was merely following traditionis custodis. Francis' illicit and draconian ban of the Latin Mass by a thousand cuts. That ban of the Mass sent shockwaves throughout the Church, as the lay faithful around the world took notice in ways that other Latin Mass bans in other places simply failed to do. What makes that case so interesting is the presence of FSSP resources in that diocese, which I'll touch on briefly in a moment. After that, though, I have something to compare it to. Another diocese finally releases its restrictions on the Latin Mass. I want you to think about the two cases here. One bishop providing signs of hope, and the other acting in ways that are frankly appalling. Let's dive in. First, let's get that update out of Guadalajara, about the FSSP being functionally banned in the diocese, with the Latin Mass banned in that diocese in favor of the Novus Ordo and Modernist theology. A group of laity had been working to get a meeting with the bishop, who made the decision so that he could change his mind and permit the traditional liturgy in his diocese. What I have for you is a press release from the laity, which I'll read in full for you since it's pretty short. Quote, Cardinal Gives Hope to Traditionalist Faithful, dated Thursday, October 14, 2021. After meeting with Cardinal Francesco Robles, Faithful, devoted to the traditional Mass, trust that he will reverse the decree which he promulgated recently and that they will recover their quasi-parish, San Pedro and Cadenas. Through that decree, the quasi-parish was suppressed and a series of limitations were placed on the masses celebrated under the Roman Missal of nineteen sixty two, as well as the celebration of certain sacraments. These provisions were given in response to the motu proprio traditionis custodis, guardians of tradition, given by Pope Francesco in July of this year where he leaves to the diocesan bishops the exclusive competence to authorize in their dioceses the use of this missile, which is used by the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter in their parishes throughout the world. Despite these measures, during the meeting this Wednesday, the Archbishop of Guadalajara also assured them that there would be nothing to worry about, and that for now, they could continue working as before. He also promised that he will consider the edict, especially on the issue of the quasi-parish, which gives certainty and hope to the faithful for a positive response from the archdiocese. For their part, the former parishioners expressed to his eminence the importance of having a parish and the fruits that San Pedro and Cadanius has borne over almost twelve years in the archdiocese, ranging from conversions to priestly and religious vocations. Yesterday, a video circulated on social networks where some faithful shared the positive impact that the FSSP has brought to their lives. I'll have a, that on in the show notes today at ReturnToTradition.org if you would like to see it. The fraternity has made us respect, love, and understand and know God, because they were the answer to so many pleas which I made to God, says one person. The life of my family has changed in a very great way, as other parishioners point out. And quote. So that was the press release from the laity in Guadalajara on the suppression of the FSSP parish in their archdiocese. They seem to believe that their meeting with the archbishop has gone well, and they are hopeful about what will come next, so please say an Ave Maria for them and their efforts to preserve their masses and the traditional sacraments in their diocese. If one archbishop can move from suppression of the traditional liturgy and sacraments to at least tolerating them, that will be an improvement and a sign of hope for the laity in other places in similar situations. So far, there have been no public comments by either the FSSP or the Archdiocese of Guadalajara on this, which is to be expected. I'll let you know if anything further happens here, as the Guadalajara case is a particularly interesting one, since there is an FSSP seminary and formation house in that archdiocese, and it is subject to severe restrictions due to the dictates of the archbishop and his blanket ban on the liturgy in his diocese. That is what made this case so striking. The FSSP felt so secure there that they put some essential infrastructure for the priestly fraternity in the diocese, which usually means that the FSSP felt they had a pretty good relationship with the bishop. Things changed quickly in the Church of the New Advent, I guess. Now, let's compare that at least appearance of possibly making and moving in the right direction in Guadalajara to, well, well, to this. Out of North Carolina, the Diocese of Raleigh has issued this. Which now declares the fate of traditional catholics in the diocese it's a letter from the bishop like a few that i've presented here over the past few months it's not an outright ban on the mass which at least that's good i guess quote dear brother priests i write to provide you with an update on the pastoral and spiritual care of the faithful in this local church in regard to eucharistic celebrations using the roman Missal promulgated by saint john the 23rd in 1962 in accord with the provisions of the recent motu proprio of Pope Francis, Traditionis Custodis. Having consulted with my advisors and seeking to strengthen the ecclesial communion in our diocese, I direct the following steps as your bishop. 1. The unique expression of the sacred liturgy is found in the liturgical books promulgated by St. Paul VI and St. John Paul II. See Traditionis Custodis, Article 1. With the primary normative celebration of the Mass being that reformed by the Second Vatican Council, use of the Roman Missal of St. John Paul II, promulgated in English in 2011, is to take priority in the schedule of Sunday Masses, to extend pastoral care to the great number of English and Spanish-speaking faithful in this local church. It is my expectation that priests serving all parishes, missions, stations, and chapels of ease will celebrate Mass using this Missal every Sunday and on weekdays as the principal celebrations of the day. 2. Given the special character of pilgrimage to both Holy Name of Jesus Cathedral in Raleigh and the Basilica Shrine of St. Mary in Wilmington, in accord with Canons 837, 1214, 1230, and 1234, the existing once-monthly Sunday Masses celebrated in these sacred places using the Roman Missal of 1962 may continue further clarifications on traditionis Custodis withstanding. Three, the existing Masses celebrated using the Roman Missal of 1962 at the listed parishes may also continue with noted prescriptions, further clarifications on Tr- traditionis Custodus withstanding, at the following times. Sundays at Our Lady of Perpetual Help and Rocky Mountain, celebrated no earlier than 1 p.m. Sundays at Sacred Heart and Dunn, celebrated no earlier than 1 p.m. Wednesday Masses at St. Catherine of Siena in Wake Forest, celebrated once monthly. 4. The readings from Sacred Scripture for Mass are prescribed within the Roman Missal of 1962. I direct, though, that the translation of these prescribed scriptures by those from the most recent approved translation for liturgical use found in the Revised Roman Lectionary, 1998-2002, or in the New American Bible, Revised Edition, 2011. 5. Only priests who have received... Faculties for me are to celebrate Mass using the Roman Missal of 1962, as the faculty to do so is a personal privilege and not one proper to a parish or faith community, nor any other group of the faithful. Additionally, these faculties are restricted to be exercised within the Diocese of Raleigh and in the places prescribed. To provide adequate time for scheduling, but also to encourage opportunities for liturgical catechesis, each of the above prescriptions are to be effective January 1, 2022. I express my renewed gratitude to Father Paul Parkerson for his counsel, dedicated spiritual care of the faithful, and his priestly generosity in continuing to serve as my delegate in these matters. It is my hope that this direction may assist us as a diocesan family to continue to grow in holiness through renewed relationship with God through our prayer and integrity of life, but also by fostering further formation through our diocese on the beauty, theology, and praxis of the sacred liturgy where we encounter our Lord most intimately. May Mary, Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, patroness of our diocese, watch over and guide us, always in communion with her Son and his Church. In Christ, signed Luis Rafael Zarama, Bishop of Raleigh. What is it with the modernist prelates in moving Latin masses to 1 p.m.? We have seen that in many places. I know it's a move designed to get many people to get their Mass obligation done early on Sunday and to get them so impatient that they decide to start moving to some clown Mass on an altar of dirt somewhere instead of to a traditional liturgy. But anyone who does this doesn't understand traditional Catholics very well. Any traditionally minded Catholics are going to wait for that 1pm Mass and go to it, or conversely, they'll go to an SSPX parish instead, where where the tin pot decrees like this will have no effect. Part of the reason that these masses are limited to 1 p.m. is simple. The modernists view the love of the traditional liturgy and the traditional, meaning Catholic faith that goes with it as something to be hidden away, kept out of sight, because if people see it, they realize that that is what they want, even if they can't quite put their finger on what about it is different than what they've been getting. So it must be set aside, hidden away, and those who adhere to it, who rigidly hold fast to what they have been given, well, they're to be set aside too, at least for now. Because remember. In the accompanying letter to Traditionis Custodis, Francis told us that he intends to end the TLM altogether at some point, that the purpose of jailers of tradition is to have all of us return eventually to their stonecutter designed liturgy to the Novus Ordo. But notice another thing. The Bishop of Raleigh is enforcing the part of Traditionis Custodis that most bishops have chosen to ignore, the part forcing the use of the new translations of the Bible on the traditional Mass instead of the vernacular translations that had been used. Usually in America, at least, you get some variation of the Dewey-Rames translation, an accurate and faithful translation if there ever was one, at least for the English language. The bishop here is forcing everyone to use the New American Bible, which is a heretical translation. Now, that may sound like a huge statement for so many of you who are not familiar with this whole issue, so I'll direct you to the channel, Ascent of Mount Carmel, where the host there has a great series on the errors contained in the New American Bible. Watch it, and you'll see what I mean. A link to that series is in the pinned comment on YouTube or in my sources blog at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast, with the .org at the end. Skip past the Patreon pop-up as there is no paywall for my sources. Now I'm going to close this out by bringing Archbishop Viganò into this. Speaking right after the anniversary of the victory of the Holy League at Lepanto, Archbishop Viganò invokes Our Lady and that victory she brought about as the means of defending the faith and here i'll suggest you think about this in terms of praying for the restoration and preservation of the faith that our forebears would have recognized as catholic in the face of the modernists who now run the church and have been for several decades 450 years ago the blessed mother listened to the fervent prayer of the entire catholic world and granted a miraculous victory to the christian fleet Today as well, if we will learn how to pray and do penance as she has asked of us at Fatima and in many other apparitions, the recitation of the Holy Rosary can beg another miracle from heaven. Let us make ourselves worthy of what we ask from the Virgin Mary. By being consistent witnesses of the faith that we profess, by living an honest and holy life nourished by prayer and the sacraments, our mother and queen awaits only a concrete sign from us, nos com prole pia benedicat virgo maria, end quote. Yes, let us make ourselves worthy of what we ask heaven for. Our prayers will accomplish little if we are not seeking sanctity, addressing sin in our lives, getting closer to Christ through frequent use of the sacraments and fervent participation in the Mass. Let us not be hypocrites. Let's be worthy of what we ask Our Lady for, for what we ask Our Blessed Lord for. For we will never get the Pope of Restoration or the end of this mess in the Church until we live as we ought to live. And this time of year, as Advent approaches, as the Feast of Christ the King approaches, is the perfect time of year to be thinking about such things. Those are my thoughts on this today. What are yours? Let me know in the comments, please. Are you hopeful in any way for the dialogue between the faithful in Mexico and their bishop? Or will it be a fruitless exercise? Let me know what you think in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.